Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you for the last time by rockauto.com, at least last time with me as the host. Go to rockauto.com. There you'll find all the best parts available for your car or truck. And when you are done and finished and they ask, how did you hear about us? Write Locked On Podcast so they know that we sent you. Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Tuesday, May 25th, 2021. Thank you very much for tuning in today one last time with me as the host. And the original intent was to do a week's worth of podcasts here on the Lockdown Network. And it's been a combination of things uh, that have kind of gotten in the way. It's been a very draining week uh, mentally and emotionally, uh, and I, my, I, I'm not going to do something if my heart isn't in it, and, and my heart's going to be in this podcast, and I'm very excited to bring you one final episode with me as the host of Locked on Tigers, but this will be it, and, and I've, I have a blank canvas today. Uh, there are other Tigers podcasts out there that are going to cover the current games, and pretty soon I will do that again as well, but with this being my last uh, show here, on the Lockdown Network before I move on and take a job with uh, Barstool Sports, I want to spend the last show telling my story. Um, Not all of it, but a lot of it, because I feel like especially in the last year, I've been rather cryptic with what's gone on uh, in my life. And and some of that I don't take back. A lot of that I don't take back. Uh, Some things should remain private. Some things should just remain between me and my therapists, and the people that are closest to me. But um, I want to tell kind of the story of how we got here, how we got to Barstool, and the story of these videos. Um, For people who don't know, uh, the first time these videos really started to take off, so to speak, really kind of popped, was 2017. And uh, it's worth noting that my entire young adult into adult life and most of my childhood, um, there were a lot of issues. Um, not with my family or anything. I have a beautiful, wonderful family, but um, I've always felt a little bit broken. Uh, the first time I was ever in therapy, I was in first grade, and I haven't stopped going really uh, since. There's been a few kind of dry spells, but for the most part, I've been in and out of therapy since I was seven years old. And my, my parents picked up early on on the fact that I was a kid with a lot of anxiety. And I was somebody who always felt like they never had a voice. And I wanted to try to find that voice uh, through these videos on Twitter. And it worked uh, for that year. For 2017, I felt like I was being heard. And that became both a gift and a curse. A gift in the fact that people are finally listening to you 
but a curse in the fact that the reason they're listening to you is because you're going on these ridiculous long rants and you want those people to stay on. You don't want to lose that audience. So you become a parody of yourself and the video or videos that made you popular, you start to repeat that shtick over and over to the point where that's, that's what you become known for. And, uh, I did enjoy it. I really did. I enjoyed meeting people. I enjoyed the audience and, um, things were, were looking up there for a second, but it's where I made one of the, the big fatal flaws that comes with popping off on social media is the fact that you start to believe that getting the right amount of followers, getting the right amount of clicks, getting the right amount of retweets, that's going to make you happy, that this was going to cure my mental illness, that my voice had never been heard before, but now it's being heard, and I'm going to make a ton of friends, and I'm going to start dating, and I'm going to meet people, and I'm going to be so happy because I made a bunch of videos that that blew up on social media. And uh, that's a huge flaw. There there was a reason why a bunch of YouTubers and a bunch of Twitter, like social media personalities, come out every so often and are like, you know, I'm very unhappy, I'm depressed, because they're trying to find something that, that doesn't exist. Happiness through social media doesn't exist. And uh, my last year of college, and I was at Central for, for three and a half years, and I was not very close to graduating, and um, deep down in my heart of hearts, I, uh, I never thought I was going to graduate college. Um, and there's a lot of people who say that they were the first in their, their family to graduate college, and that was important to them. Uh, I, I'm the first in my family not to. Um, I, I never liked school. School never liked me. Um, I worked my butt off with a lot of people, you know, on my ass to get through a very competitive high school in Lansing Catholic. And then that was a success story. Uh, I finished with a solid GPA, you know, but thing, there were, there were problems, right? Mentally, but I'm talking in terms of that story, that arc, uh, it went well at LCHS and, and, um, I'm still proud of what I accomplished there, but I, I never thought I would get through college a- and I could see myself slipping. And in my last year at, Central, um, while I met some amazing people, some people I still keep in touch with, uh, I felt my mental health starting to deteriorate. And uh, I noticed, and the people around me noticed, at least the people closest to me, my family noticed that um, I, I wasn't doing great. And, and that I had not only dropped out of college, but given up well before other people wanted me to. And, and externally, I was saying, I'm, I'm going to monetize content. This is good. This is a good thing. It's a good thing I'm dropping out of college. I'll, I'll, I'll be able to focus on my content and I'll be happy. I got this amazing brew job with these wonderful people. This thing's going to blow up. But internally, I felt like my life was over. I felt like I had completely thrown away good opportunities. And uh, it was imperative to my family and to myself as well that I get myself right mentally. And they referred me to a new therapist and one thing that needs to be said is we tried everything. We tried everything to try to get me right. We tried different medications. We tried different therapists. We tried different people, just different schools, everything, different environments to try to get me right, and nothing was working. All I kept doing was adding more and more medications, and I was on about six or seven meds at this point for various things, ADD, insomnia, depression, anxiety. I mean, take your pick. And uh, it seemed like none of it was working. And they referred me to a new therapist. Stunks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets. And you can get your first 5000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash MLB to get your first 5000 managed for free for life. 
Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. That's W E A L T H F R O N T dot com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB and get started today. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I'll, I'll never forget the day that I stepped into my new therapist's office. It was a few months, or I'm sorry, not a few months, it was a few weeks after college had ended for me, or maybe even a week or two, and uh, I was doing a job waiting tables that I didn't like, I wasn't taking care of myself. And I walked into her office with Ray-Bans on inside, which is like a pet peeve of mine when people wear sunglasses inside. But there was a reason for it. And she asked a very generic question. It was like a, how are you doing? Or a, tell me about yourself. You know, something like that. Just an introduction thing. And I had one of the five worst cries I've ever had in my life. I, in an instant, like went from zero to 60, burst into tears and started full-on sobbing in front of her. It was very, very embarrassing. And uh, because in that moment, it had all caught up to me that I felt like I'd completely thrown my life away, that I was letting down myself, that I was embarrassing myself, that I was letting down my family. I knew they still loved me and I knew they always would, but I, I put a lot of pressure on myself and I felt like I was completely failing, that I'd thrown everything away. And she reassured me that we're going to get this right. We're going to be right. But I, the first thing that needs to happen is you got to stop being on so many meds. So we're going to try to, this is called neurofeedback, the thing that I was on. And we're going to refer you, we're going to work with this and we're going to try to to taper off the meds. And I don't want you to be on any meds anymore. And uh, it took about two full years for that to happen. And I slowly tapered off of the meds, slowly, slowly. And while I wasn't great or even good, and I gained a ton of weight, like no joke, for most of my life, uh, like by my teen years, I was in like the 140 to 150 range in weight. I crossed 200 several months after college. I mean, I got really, really fat. I was not taking care of myself. I was drinking a ton of beer. I was eating a ton of crap. Basic functions that a, a well-adjusted person has, which are just basic men, you know, mental care, taking care of yourself, I wasn't doing. My family was begging me, Chris, go to the gym. And um, I don't know if they're listening, but if they are, for the first year... I would sit outside in the gym parking lot in my car with the heat turned up and get a sweat going like I was in a sauna, and it made it look like I had been at the gym when I hadn't. The idea of physical activity or physical exercise felt so daunting that I couldn't even do it. I, couldn't, I, I had trouble going upstairs. 
Uh, I just every day felt exhausted. I was going to bed at about 4 a.m., waking up at about 1 p.m. Uh, I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't sleeping well. And over time, I started to feel a little bit better, um, tapering off of the meds, opening up, and it seemed like things were starting to look up just a little bit. And I was working very hard on myself, and I was trying to branch out more, but I still had incredible social anxiety. I still had inc an incredible lack of self-esteem. I always have. That's one thing, that's a nut that I've always tried to crack. And I think it's a result of having some people in my life that were pretty hard on me, and not always having the best friends. I'm a people pleaser. I want people to like me. And what happens with that is sometimes people take advantage of that. Now, at points in my life, I've been a pushover, and a lot of that is my fault, but um, I've never really known until recently what it's like to have somebody in your life who, outside of your family, who loves you unconditionally. Because uh, even some of my best friends get off sometimes on calling me on my bullshit. And, and in, in many ways, I'm thankful for that. But I think everybody deserves to have that one friend that, that doesn't see those flaws. Because I always point out my flaws. You guys have seen my videos. You know, you know how tough I am on myself, on my opinions, how much I, I beat myself up. So around 2019, despite the fact that I was as fat as I ever was, and I was working a job I didn't like, I was starting to feel a little bit better. And then all of a sudden, this was in May of 2019, I started to have these horrible, horrible thoughts, these horrible, intrusive thoughts about myself, these horrible, intrusive thoughts about other people. I didn't know what it was. I thought maybe it was schizophrenia. Maybe it was a result of tapering off of some of these meds. I wasn't sure, but they were so pervasive and so serious and so awful that it really just, it, it, it ruined my self-esteem. I mean, I didn't have much to begin with, but I was thinking, you know, in, inside to myself, like if I'm having these thoughts, then I'm just a bad person. All this regret, all this shame, all this guilt, this fear that every every bad thing that I'd ever done in my life, people were going to find out about and that everyone was going to hate me. And I started to detest social media and, and be scared of social media because I felt like the next tweet was going to be the one that people were going to hate me for. The next thing I say is the thing that's going to get me canceled. Tomorrow, every one of my friends is going to wake up and they're going to tell me that I suck and my life is awful and I'm a terrible person. And that scared me. And I tried to put up with it for about a year and a half because I didn't know what it was. I really didn't. And finally, right around 2020, uh, maybe a little bit near the latter half of 2020, I figured out what it was. It was OCD. And OCD, much like many other mental illnesses or many other illnesses, period, has a portrayal in the media that is not accurate to what it actually is. Because I would say to myself, I've never organized things by color. I'm not an overly neat person. And there are plenty of people with OCD who suffer from that. But uh, I didn't realize that it was intrusive thoughts. This idea, this constant guilt, this constant shame this constant belief that people were going to be against me, that I was constantly against myself, that even if I achieved happiness, it was going to be taken from me and it was going to be ruined. And I was off all meds at this point. And that's a very scary thing where you go entire days, entire weeks where guilt and shame just consumes you. And I became so terrified of social media. And the one thing that kind of made sense for a while was my content. I felt like the content in 2019 and in the early part of 2020 was good, but then I really started to feel that. And then the pandemic came. And the pandemic, if there's any good that came out of it personally, it allowed me to kind of shift my perspective on things. It's hard to get overly angry at a sports team when people you know have loved ones that are dying. When you know people 
who are dying. And I think it added that kind of perspective in my life, much needed perspective, perspective that I didn't previously have. But I was still pretty unhappy. I still was not enjoying the life that I was living. I still felt like I was on the verge of being hated by everybody. And and sometimes I still have those thoughts. And I'll, I'll end segment two right here. When I come back, I'm going to kind of tell the, the final part, the final segment with me as the host of Locked on Tigers. We'll be right back. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So, I was trying to push through it. All throughout the 2020 baseball season, and it was only 60 games, I didn't want to make videos anymore. Uh, I didn't want to do podcasts anymore. I no longer enjoyed it. And I had this weird thing. In eight, what is it, almost 10, I don't know how, uh, nine months later, I still don't know what happened, but for about a 48-hour period, uh, my Twitter was taken away from me. I was locked out of my account, never got any any explanation for it. And um, I realized then, as I was freaking out about this whole thing, that this wasn't going to last. Because, uh, again, I was terrified that people were going to celebrate this, that people wanted me to no longer have an, a Twitter account. They no longer wanted me to have a voice. Nobody was rooting for me. And that's when I decided to take a mental hiatus. And this was a half-assed hiatus for about a month. And it should have been longer. I should have never done college football videos last year. I should have never made Michigan Post games. I didn't feel confident with them. I didn't feel good about myself. I should have taken a much longer break. And right around college football season, near the end of it, Michigan was 2-4 and four at the time, I, I was ready to walk away. And not just walk away for a long time, but walk away permanently. I hated social media, I hated making videos, and I didn't enjoy doing the podcast anymore. It's not that I didn't enjoy them necessarily, I was no longer happy with the product. I, fo- I thought I sounded like shit. I thought I sounded terrible, I, I felt like it, every podcast was getting worse and worse, that I, I could feel the hate from people, every angry negative tweet or negative review felt like a, a knife to the gut. It felt like those people were actually telling the truth, and pretty soon everybody was going to hate me. So, without acknowledging or telling anybody, uh, right around Thanksgiving, I left for basically a full month, and I came back with a, a, a little written statement on December 24th, it was Christmas Eve, saying this is what's going on, I'm still on lockdown, I'm still on Maze and Brew, but I'm away from social media, and uh, I will return. That, at the time, was a lie. The genuine belief, internally, was that uh, I was going to uh, make a private social media account, use that. And I was never going to come back to Twitter. I was never going to come back to the podcast. And I was never going to come back to making the videos. And my parents can attest to this. 
these conversations were had. The idea that I was done with all of it. The idea that I was never going to come back. I hated Twitter. I hated social media. Every day I was just consumed by guilt and fear and shame. I hated myself and I never wanted to come back to social media ever again. I never wanted to make another video. I was, I mean this really, I was done. I committed to being done. I was going to apply for a job with UPS or something like that, and I was never going to come back to Twitter. I have still in my files a pre-written statement that says I'm done with all of it. Um, I was going to quit Lockdown, I was going to leave Mason Brew, and I was going to fade into obscurity forever. What had made me good, because even if you hate every video I've ever made, the one thing you can't deny, man, I'm passionate, aren't I? I get so into these games, I get so into movies and sports and the teams I love, you can't deny that, that passion was gone. Uh, I no longer wanted to talk about Michigan football. I no longer wanted to talk about the Tigers. I no longer wanted to talk about Michigan basketball. And what changed was three things. One, Michigan basketball had a really great season. And for the first time in months, I was getting a little bit amped up. And I was getting excited. And I enjoyed going on Maize and Brew all of a sudden. And I enjoyed doing these podcasts and talking about this team I really liked. It was a likable, fun team. And Damn it, I wish they would have made it to the Final Four. That one still stings, but I, this that team will always hold a very special place in my heart because I started to get that passion back for the first time in a while. For the first time in months, almost even a year, I really felt something about uh, this team, and I was excited to talk about them. And two was that um, I had pushed a lot of people out of my life. Um, a lot of people who I'd been close to that I was friends with, I was no longer reaching out to them. I've always felt like the broken toy in the toy box that no kid wanted to play with. And I, I, all the friends that I'd met through college and high school, I didn't want to reach out to them anymore because I was embarrassed because they were getting married and having kids and finding new jobs and living elsewhere. And I was still fat and I was still just doing the same shtick and I was still making podcasts and I was still living at my, at my parents' house. And I was ashamed. I didn't reach out to any of them because I felt like if any of them got to know me more, uh, they would be ashamed of the person that was talking to them. They wouldn't want to be friends with me anymore. So I, I hid away. And uh, I'm not going to say who this person is, but I made a new friend. And it's somebody that I, I will always be very close to. And we, we started to FaceTime every so often. And it was, it, it was strange to me. Because I, I felt like if I opened up, uh, that they were going to hate me. That much I, they were going to despise me. They were going to see all the issues that other people have seen in me. Because I've had friends, close friends, people I've been best friends with, who I've run into in public who looked at me like I, I was a leper. And I felt like this person was going to go down the same road. And it wasn't like that. They laughed at all my jokes. They found my passion to be endearing and charming. For the first time in a long time... It felt like I'd found somebody who wanted to play with the broken toy. And that voice in the back of my head that always told me to keep fighting, that always told me that I was meant for more, that I can do more, it started to get louder and louder. And I started to, I felt like I got my fastball back. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give this one more shot. I still have the OCD. It's better. I was on a medication now, starting to feel better about myself. I lost a lot of weight. I mean, I was over 200. As of the time of this recording, I'm 156. That is almost a full 50 pounds down, and it's on my best days, I am like 155, 154 pounds. That is astonishing. I was feeling better about myself, and despite all the internal regret, I felt like more and more people were getting to know my story. 
and I, I felt like I felt a lot of empathy from people. And as, as scared as I was, because there was about a three, four month span where the idea of sending a tweet, even if I just said hello, even if I just said something generic, like, you know what? I hope we find a cure for cancer that everyone was going to hate me. I didn't I didn't have that anymore. So I, I came back with the videos and the reception was pretty overwhelming. And then Barstool came along. That's always been the dream. That's always been the goal. And I said yes to him. Because I would have been crazy to say no. And uh, I'll leave out the details. But that 24 hours after they reached out to me. That was the craziest 24 hours of my life. Probably the craziest 24 hours uh, that I will ever have. It's truly an amazing story that I can't wait to tell. But I've learned in the time in which I've been doing this podcast here. I've learned about the importance of self-forgiveness. And it's why I speak out so adamantly against this ridiculous culture that we live in. That defines people by one dumb tweet right, by a series of, of uh, a video of a guy when they were 15 saying something stupid. Uh, I'll tell you what, I- I've lived in fear for so long that people were going to hate me. And the reason I did that is because I didn't particularly like myself. And you got to learn to forgive yourself sometimes. You got to learn to better yourself sometimes. And I have, at a fairly young age, and I give myself a lot of credit for this, owned up to my faults owned up to my wrongdoings, and owned up to my mistakes more than almost anybody else my age. And in a way, because of that, I feel like I'm a little bit Teflon. No one's been harder on me than myself. No one has hated me more than myself. No one has angered me more than myself. And as frustrating and as difficult as that process has been, I know I'm a better person for it. And the best thing I do with my life will not be making Angry Tiger videos. The best thing I will do with my life is sharing my story and hopefully helping other people. Because if what I'm telling you right now helps one person, then that person's going to help one person. And that person's going to help one person. And all of a sudden, you're going to have a lot of people with mental illnesses who are going to speak up about uh, their trials, their tribulations, their shortcomings. And it's going to help end the stigma. That's my goal. I have been honored. To have been the host of Lockdown Tigers. This is a wonderful network. Filled with some amazing, amazing people. And I will continue to support this network. I will continue to champion this network. And as much as I have enjoyed being the the host of this show. It is time to move on. And I'm ready for that. I'm proud of what we've done here. The product has improved since it started. We had to deal with a pandemic. We had to deal with a 60-game season. We had to deal with a whole lot of topsy-turvy stuff, and I felt like the product's gotten better. I'm proud of what we've done. And lastly, thank you for to you, all of you, for the support. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for the positive reviews. This is where I start to get emotional because it's been very overwhelming. Uh, it, it is very meaningful to know that what you churn out means something to people. That your voice matters. And even to the haters, even to the people who've written one-star reviews, thank you for listening. Thank you for being so angered by what I do that it makes you passionate. Because passion is sexy. Passion is awesome. Passion is what makes you, you. I have accepted a job that I believe I will maintain at Barstool for a long, long time. But I will not forget the people who took a chance on me when I was about to be a college dropout. When I was still living at my parents' house. When I was still doing a a part-time job waiting tables or a part-time job at a gas station. That's what locked on means to me. And I hope whoever takes over this job next 
maintains the same passion, the same fire, the same energy that I've maintained. And if that happens, I guarantee you, whoever takes over next is going to take this product to an even bigger, better place. I, I, I really believe that will be the case. One last time, thank you. You can, I'll do a shameless plug. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. While you're at it, leave a written positive five-star review for the next host of this show, who I know, who is going to have my blessing and who I know is going to do a great, great job. That will do it for me as the host of Locked On Tigers. Thank you very much to all of you. I love all of you. Have a great rest of your day. And for one last time, Forever and always, go Tigers. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts.